Welcome to the All Souls Episcopal Parish and Berkeley's Sermon Podcast. Today is the third Sunday in Lent, and we hear from the Reverend Phil Burchard as he preached from the lectionary, which this week was John chapter 2, verses 13 to 22. As always, you can find more sermons or information about All Souls on our homepage, which is allsoulsparish.org. I spent the last few months emptying out the house I grew up in. Just under 50 years ago, my parents bought a house in Oakland and moved a one-month-old me into it. Over the years, all kinds of items were brought in through those doors. Photos from the last 20 years and 40 years and 60 years. Family heirlooms from four continents, tables and chairs and dressers and couches, cleaning supplies and towels and sheets, all the things that make up a home. Now that my parents have moved down to Southern California where my sister and her school-aged boys live, my wife Sarah and I have been slowly but surely working through every room of the house, deciding what will be kept, what will be given away, what will be sold. It has been an emotionally exhausting process, slowly dismantling one of the places on this earth where I have felt most safe. I was fortunate in many ways as a child, and one of them was growing up in a stable and loving home. This was primarily about the people who made it home, but also about the stability of the structure itself. My bedroom still has the paw prints of a bear that my parents and I stenciled onto the walls 40 years ago. I did have a choice as to whether or not I would go to Cal, but it wasn't a very big choice. (laughs) For many years, I lived under the belief that I would always be able to walk up those brick steps. I would always be able to open the front door. I would always be able to call out to whoever was home and always be greeted with love and affection. And for decades, I have known from an intellectual perspective that life is transitory, that in the end, we hold on to nothing. And it turns out that I still irrationally held tightly to the belief that the home I grew up in, the site of Love, tears, and heartache, and wonder, and joy, that it would remain forever. And bowl by bowl, screwdriver by screwdriver, Flathead and Phillips, (laughs) tea towel by tea towel, drawer 
by drawer, I am making it a home no more. And I'm having to remember yet again where to place my trust. In the year 70 of the Common Era, the Roman Empire brutally crushed a four-year-long revolt led by Jewish zealots. But the Romans didn't just put down the revolt and then scatter the revolutionaries out to the countryside. They surrounded the holy city of Jerusalem, besieged it, and finally breached its walls. And once they broke through, after taking the city, to break the spirit of the Jewish people, the Roman army then destroyed the center of religious and political life, the temple that had taken 46 years to build. They took it apart stone by stone by stone until all that remained was the western wall of the Temple Mount. And as difficult as it is to imagine what this was like because of the suffering then and the suffering that is happening now, this history is essential to understanding our gospel text this morning because it pivots around those last two verses that are parenthetical, verses 21 and 22. They read, But Jesus was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. You see, unlike the Gospel of Mark, which we believe is written right around the year 70. This Gospel, the Gospel of John, was written at least a decade later. Scholars believe somewhere between 80 to 90 of the Common Era. Which means that this text is written in the years following the destruction of the Second Temple. As faithful Jews are trying to make sense of this cataclysmic event. New Testament scholar and former All Soulsian, Dong Young Zhang, has posited that the passage we just heard is evidence of a community of Jews that is reeling from the destruction of their temple and who are believing that Jesus is the Messiah, the, the chosen one. Now, it's also important to remember that at this time in history, there is a lot of overlap. The distinction between Jewish communities and Christian communities hasn't emerged. It doesn't emerge for some time. And this community, the community that produces John's gospel, is remembering this action at the temple, these cryptic words of Jesus, 
and they're placing them alongside the temple that has been destroyed. And they're expressing a trust. A trust that in the place of this temple that has been destroyed is the resurrected body of the living Christ. Because in the years following the death of Jesus, the community of Christ followers are asking this question. Where do we find God if the temple is no more? And so they remember a story about Jesus using his body in a way that will get him hurt and killed to show that the destruction of our bodies is not the worst thing that can happen to us. And they remember a story that's actually not about violence, but instead about the vulnerable power of God. And they remember a story, a radical teaching, that the presence of God is located not primarily in buildings or in practices, but in a destructible and resurrectable body. Known in a body that is made present in bread and wine, and known in a body in between and amongst and within those who abide, those who place their trust in Christ. This is the temple that will endure. And so it's my sense that Jesus is flipping tables and driving out animals to be sacrificed to warn us. To warn us to beware of the temples in which we place our trust. Whether they be state or business or movements or religious <laughs> Or family. Now, I don't don't build temples. Temples say like this one. (laughs) (laughs) Temples can be places where we find God. And all temples will fall short. Because they are not God. God's self. The temples we build, whether they are a just nation or a long-held vocation or a beloved home or our most intimate relationships or our foundational identities or our very bodies, everything will let us down. Everything, in the end, falls apart. And when it does, I hope that you remember, I hope that I remember, like the faithful of John's community remembered, when our temples of our lives fall, we are to remember and to hold fast that there is a place where our trust will always be met. And that is the living 
and resurrected body of Jesus the Christ.